Hey, everybody, when you hear that music, you know it's time for On the Lighter Side of Baseball. Sometimes I say the lighter side of sports. Today, it's not on the lighter side of anything because we are Zooming with five friends of really good friends, best friends. Let me count. Me as one. Well, and we got five. We got Johan and Brian. We've got uh, Brian Ward of Ward's House of Prime and uh, uh, the Point Burger Bar, Craig Kishan, who you guys are probably tired of hearing because we do a broadcast every every week. Thank God for Bob. And our good buddy, Bob Solis. Bob didn't bring Sammy today. I'm a little sorry. Uh, now, here's the deal, because we all want to talk, and I get to talk because I've got the mute button. So if you guys don't behave, I just go boom, boom, boom. <laughs> Let me introduce everybody in the order of importance. Johanna Perini. <laughs> yes. Well done. Member of R.W. Baird, but in her spare time, she happened to strike up a conversation with the legendary David Earl Nelson and bought herself into uh, planning 10 years of a spectacularly fun golf tournament that we thought we'd talk about today when we uh, honor Dave. This is this is Nelly Palooza too. We've been having <laughs> podcasts all week and I got to tell you if it weren't for you guys I'd be pretty tired about talking about my best friend in the world because oh my god we have been going over and over a lot of fun times in addition to Johanna, who put on this great golf tournament, and her most important feature, and Mr. Solis will agree with me, her most important feature was telling Nelly he couldn't comp everybody everything all the time because <laughs> all of the open arm home for children profit would have gone up in smoke. So thanks to Johanna. Now, I'll get to Solis in a minute. Nobody knows better about Nelly comping people than the legendary Brian Ward. Brian, <laughs> Brian, if you think of a guy with a broom sweeping up a mess after after a bad night, Nelly would comp everybody. In fact, if he didn't have just met somebody, hey man, go on down to Ward's, tell him you're my buddy, and boom, Brian gets to take that up. So hats off to Brian. We, we had a funny conversation about that, and I, I thought that was hysterical. Craig the silver-tongued devil of the voice of the Milwaukee Bucks and the Milwaukee Brewers pregame, postgame. Everybody's dying to hear your voice again, doing something meaningful besides talking to me, and we can't wait for baseball. And then my buddy and Dave's buddy, and all you guys are it's so fun to have some of Dave's best friends in the world here together on this great technological deal. But Bob Solis who founded Open Arms Home for Children, who just everywhere he goes does things that are so uh, generous and helpful to mankind that I can't even begin to tell you. And uh, in addition to that, we've all seen his golf game. So any person who wants to bet with him, you know, I'd recommend playing a little golf. <laughs> That is so definitely gonna, not a contribution to humanity, for sure. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to keep this orderly. Number one, I appreciate you guys uh, agreeing to be on this podcast. It was kind of an idea that Bob had, and uh, uh, I love it because the golf tournament was such a big part of uh, Dave's life and something that he just loved with a capital L. And so I'm going to start with Johanna, and then I'm going to go to – uh, Brian Ward, and I'm going to go to Craig and Bob. And after that, I don't care what you guys do, but Johanna, how are you doing? I'm good. Thanks. Well, I always laugh because I never was part of the uh, 
telephone conferences with the board of directors of Open Arms, but it seemed to me that Solis and a few of these other guys, they were trying to get the tournament to move to the, you know, Des Plaines Municipal Golf Course so they might be able to make an extra buck. And Nelly would never do it. And he goes, man, I'm going to have to talk to Johanna. And you were probably on those calls. Those were uh, those were <laughs> fun years, Johanna. And you did such a spectacular job, not only raising the money, but also keeping all the uh, uh, memories alive for all of us. So I know that we all thank you. And Bob, yeah. we want to thank you. Amen. Clapping. Johanna, say, say something that will save this show. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been timing you. You've been going for a really long time. <laughs> I like it, Craig. I've got the watch going. Okay, <laughs> there are guests on the show. <laughs> I'm going to resist what I was going to what I was going to say and talk to Johanna for a minute. You get a minute, Johanna. I get three. I know one minute. My ticket's going to go up, and when I can go. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> No, I would say my other claim to fame um, with Davey in the tournament is what knowing when to uh, cut him off and take the mic away. Because similar to you guys, no wonder you guys are best friends. He also was long-winded and um, <laughs> had moments after a while, after our first year, when we had probably a 30-minute introduction, maybe even 45-minute introduction of all the players. We had to uh, scale it back quite a bit to get us back on schedule. So that was my other asset to the tournament, maybe to Davy in life, but um, uh, I, I'm pretty lucky to have met Davy. I'm sure everyone else in this um, in this Zoom meeting, as well as everyone else like that's ever met him, can say. Uh, but the tournament was really a pretty exciting time because it. I think the biggest thing it did, and everyone will say this that's ever participated in, it, is it just built so many friendships. You know, Davy. You know how they say that there's seven connections. Davy probably had created significant amounts of those connections and brought us closer and closer and there's lifelong friends that came out of it so I feel pretty privileged to uh, to do what I did um, I'm not going to say it was easy <laughs> for of course not it was not that would be <laughs> we all sympathize with you, know, you. Right. you know Davey has this approach where he's just you know he his pay like I work in I work also work in um the market so it's a very fast paced and um organized fashion and everything has kind of a sense of urgency and davy's sense of urgency on a scale of one to ten was very um more on the maybe even negative side so <laughs> sitting in meetings with him and stuff like that i'd be like are we going to get to a decision here so we need to keep going here but at the end of the day he always was you know he was grateful and trusting and I was lucky to be that person that he trusted it with. And like I said, the relationships that I built from that tournament, I can't even express how grateful I am for that. And doing something that doing something like that for Davey was to me some the best gift I could have given him. And I'm really glad that I had the opportunity to do it. So is that my minute? Well, I think it was more than any of us could say so eloquently. <laughs> <laughs> Let me say that in addition to all the great things that I thought you did, I forgot the best thing you did was getting Ed Elsner to read the introductions. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we got done before it got dark and, you know, this is <laughs> summer in, in Wisconsin, it doesn't get dark that early. 
<laughs> Do you guys remember that first year? Do you remember? Yeah. How oh, yeah. Those intros were? And here comes my man. Let me tell you about my man. Oh, my God. <laughs> that was. He started at two, and then when he was two years old, and then. <laughs> Well, the only one that he didn't do that with was Bruce Fremming. He just never seemed to dig <laughs> yeah, the internet. I wonder why. No, that's Shocking. That was funny, but... Can we tell the last Bruce the, uh, Fremming you know, story? What's that? Can we tell the last Bruce Fremming story? No, we can't, so let's move on. <laughs> I want to move on to the guy that now has a glut of oysters because Nelly no longer goes to the bar. Yeah. And, and eats a record amount of, I mean, Mike, our good buddy, and your super good buddy, and Dave's good friend, man, he had some, he had some oyster stories about Nelly, Brian. Yeah, he would, he would, he would put down 100, 150 in a sitting. <laughs> wow. He did not make the wall of fame. Isn't that a record or something? At, well, at, at one point, we we were so tired of, of shucking the oysters that we ended up buying a, like a little, an automated machine that you'd step on and it would like crack the oysters because, you know, cracking oysters would hurt your hand. So, and we haven't had to use that since Nelly's been gone. <laughs> we got to retire the oyster machine. Awesome. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, he would do that, but like when the, you'd have the open arms golf outing meetings here, it was more about drinking wine and having a conversation and then ever going over the, the yeah. meetings. Well, I'll tell you what, Ward's House of Prime was maybe his favorite place to go other than Miller Park. And once he sat down, it was pretty tough probably to get him to go home. <laughs> So, yeah, if, if, when, he, when he'd stroll in, you know you had an extra two, three hours on your night. Yeah, yeah. Too, too funny. Well, uh, Brian, you did so much uh, in the, at the end of uh, regulation play for Nelly that uh, I know that Craig and I have had lots of opportunities to think about all of that and, and maybe laugh a little bit about that because this is uh, – the lighter side of baseball and and not to uh get too heavy with nelly but uh now you uh you and craig took the lion's share took a lot of those inside pitches <laughs> it, it did but you know in the in those last times you know he really taught me and helped me understand that no matter what situation i'm in it's best to take care of other people and you know we talk about that and talk about how he gave so much of himself and his time and everything to other charities that it's, it's inspired me to do different things. And, you know, with as bad as it is for restaurants right now, the last, so this week we did two days of sales and everything we made, we gave to the hunger task force. And then wow. this Sunday I'm doing an event at my house and I already raised 2,500 for the food pantry up in my hometown which is just a cool thing. But, you know, I looked at it and coming up on the anniversary of his death, I said, as bad as things are for restaurants and everyone else, there's, he always say to me, someone else has it worse and someone else needs it more than you do. And so I, you know, for this week, I really wanted to do something that would give back and kind of make him proud to be able to look at me and see that. Mm, that's awesome. 
that's, that's awesome. the best. That's the that best, is. Brian. Well done, yeah. man. Yeah, that is spectacular. And you know, it's it's the, those thoughts of of Dave and lots of different situations because all of us have had the opportunity over different uh, times with Dave to um, really encounter lots of different situations. And so uh, the the guy just had. Uh, you know that people have said he had a Rolodex. It was like the Hall of Fame Rolodex. And uh, the thing that, after all of this time and all this connection with Dave, the thing that always amazes me was how he could stumble on somebody that he may not have seen for a couple of years, know them, know their story, and remember their kid's name without, you know, glancing at a at an iPad or a telephone, and actually like knowing and continuing the conversation that maybe he hadn't had for three years. So, I mean, he, uh, you can say a lot of things about Dave, but guy, his care, caring of people and for people was amazing. And speaking of a guy that he tried to pick up from time to time, carried the day with an Emmy award-winning broadcast of one of their pregame, many of their pregame shows. Probably, I mean, I've got 20 of his Emmys here, Craig, so I'm not sure where all yours are, but, you know, <laughs> Nellie bailed you out. Let me just say this. If, if you have 20 of his Emmys, he bought 19 of them. So. <laughs> uh, you can always count on Kashan to come up with a slam. Wow. <laughs> no, he... Uh, they all, one of them I, was... You know, I, I know you have this uh, uh, DVD of the show that we won or something like that. I don't even remember what it was, so... You can, <laughs> one of these days, you'll have to refresh my memory, but, uh, and it's not because we won a lot, because we, we didn't, but uh, the ultimate result of that was that he actually, uh, uh, the year that he gifted a, a lot of people wine uh, for Christmas, he, he made up a label of us, and uh, there was the, the old team doctor, uh, actually the dentist for the brewers, uh, his name was Doc, and I know Doc, uh, participated in a lot of uh, the golf outings early and, and he suddenly passed away uh, kind of midway through everything but uh, he always called Davey and I the A-team. He said you guys are the ones that should be announcing the games not doing the pre and post game shows so Davey took the uh, that A-team theme and he, uh, he put our uh, Emmy Award with us uh, on the set and, and made you know some wine labels out of it and uh, the wine was good. The labels uh, were were something for keepsake, and uh, it just leave it up to this guy, you know, to to be creative and to and to have some fun with what he's doing in life. That's for sure. So it was a, it was a lot of fun. Well, I don't know why there weren't more Emmys. I mean, I, I the one the one you guys won an Emmy for. I I personally heard. 40 that were a lot better than that. I mean, this is only eight games into the season. How much spectacular commentary can you guys lend to that eight game? Now the Brewers were like, well, I will say this. I'll go back to what Johanna's story about uh, finding a way to shut up, baby. I had had to find a way to get him to talk on the show. So, so, you know, it was like, come on, Davey, tell me some more of those. Davey's best was when we were in a commercial break. I got to admit, he'd tell me all these stories uh, when we had a two-minute commercial break. And I said, now, Davey, 
why didn't you tell us this story when we came, you know, when we were alive? He goes, well, partner, I didn't think about it until, until <laughs> we went on commercial break. Oh, that's great. But that, that was the beauty of who he was, though. He was, he was a joy to be with on the air, but he was uh, clearly more of a joy to be with as a friend and in person with everybody else. There's no question about that. Well, he had a lot of uh, attributes, and one of them was his generosity. I mean, the guy was incredible about um, trying to take care of everybody else or let Brian Ward take care of everybody else. <laughs> uh, but when, when you talk about the wine and everything, and we've all experienced different levels of wine consumption with, with me, and I, I'm, uh, this is offered in a spirit of, of the light and, and glee and reflecting on a couple of the last hours of, of Dave, who I've told people between everybody that came to see him, and including Euchre and Braun and the Brewers and all that stuff, um, that was spectacular. And I said, nobody will have a better last day on this planet than David Earl Nelson, but nobody will be in their hospice bed ordering wine like Dave Nelson. I mean, I'm going, Nelly. What do you do? And he goes, well, I just want to get to my buddy and order a couple of cases of wine. Going, okay, the, the hospice people were clearly wondering what was going on and how did he get through those doors on that, uh, on that Friday? No doubt. He had yeah. like busloads of people coming in and, and trucks of cases of wine coming in. It's crazy. Man, I mean, there were like 50 people claiming to be his best friend that I'd never heard of. And I said, you guys go have a good talk. I'll be outside if you need me. But I mean, Ev, you, you spend five minutes with him and you leave thinking, I've got one of the best friends I'm going to ever have. I mean, that was, that was so true with, with Dave. And uh, uh, Mr. Solis, you, you uh, met him back in the St. Croix golf days. I'll say that in, uh, in Scottsdale and became, you know, you guys had a very, very particularized great relationship and uh you know what fun i had with you and with dave together and uh can't say enough about open arms as you know and the golf tournament that johanna ran that raised money for open arms and what a what a great great facility how's that bob well thanks appreciate it jamie i the themes that uh have been expressed on the call are kind of similar to what i have uh, a lot of wine if we were in the Caribbean, it was rum. Um, there was golf always involved. And most importantly, there was helping somebody else out. And uh, those were the hallmarks of uh, what a lot of us remember about Dave, is always having a good time and always trying to do something for somebody else. And uh, 1992, I was a recruiter for a golf tournament in the Virgin Islands, St. Croix, which you attended a few times, Jamie. And we had a celebrity who didn't show up. so. We had this team without a celebrity, and these people were paying good money to play in this thing. So I asked Don Denkinger, the American League umpire who handed the World Series yeah. to uh, Kansas City. Yeah, I have his picture I, over my shoulder. There we go. <laughs> so, so I asked Don, I go, I go, Don, you know anybody that lives in Florida that might want to come down and play golf? And Don goes, well, you might try Dave Nelson. I'm like, well, all right, give me his number. He had his number, and I called him. And as the story goes, we could never get rid of the guy again. But um, 
he got down, he came down on a flight within two hours and, uh, and was so instrumental in helping the kids at uh, Queen Louise home in St. Croix. And then he transferred that of course, to the, uh, his huge affection for the kids at open arms in South Africa. So, uh, you know, Davey, it's interesting. We have a lot of visitors to open arms, as you can imagine, over the years. But nobody has impacted the staff as much as Davey did, which is really interesting. Because obviously kids are easy to love and pick up and play with and so forth. But no visitor we've ever had ever took as much time to get to know our staff. And they still have Brewer's shirts to this day, as you can imagine. And, uh, and that's just kind of a testament to who the man was, was that uh, the people who might have not been the focus of the charity were the focus of his charity. And um, he just, yeah, very, very much missed, as you can imagine. And we were thrilled about two months ago to dedicate a new facility to Davey. Uh, Uncle Davey's place will house our transitioning older kids at Open Arms. And uh, I hope all of you at some point when travel and wine and all that go together a little bit better we'll uh, we'll come over and honor him but we'll have a we'll have a toast to davy at open arms because uh he richly deserves it well, that's great the mm -hmm. uh you, you you wander around the grounds at open arms and it's like what isn't named after uncle davy i mean you got the prayer bench you got the laundry you got the no i know there are very many other generous uh benefactors but uh Wow. It's, it's true, but I'll tell you, Dave, I mean, uh, Jamie, honestly, half of those things should be named after Johanna, but that's just between <laughs> us guys. That was good um, that. Because yeah. uh, we know who, who did all the work on all those tournaments. And, uh, and Johanna, the, the fairer sex on this, on this call is the one who deserves all the credit. So oh, well, that's really no, I said that before, but I'll say it till I die. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Which, uh, which was the, uh, easier to deal with the players, uh, Nelly or Solis? <laughs> None of the above. <laughs> no, I, I think the, uh, you know, the, the people that we got to, to, to hang with was fun in St. Croix, as Bob related that story. They couldn't, you know, they were there a week and the guys couldn't get away from me. I mean, it was great you know, hanging with a Louis Dion or a Mike Cuellar, and there was nowhere for those guys to go. Now, it uh, when you get to uh, Whistling Straits and uh, Nelly would team somebody up, they'd watch my team hit the first ball and then they'd disappear. So, you know, we were looking for Kenny Lofton for four hours. He never came back to our group. Nah, Johanna, that was such a great tournament. And it, you know, in the end, it, it uh, the, the benefits that were reaped by that last year with the uh, assistance of Mark Antanasio, the owner of the Brewers, mm -hmm. uh, which led to that uh, wonderful facility that uh, Bob and I forgot to take a picture of the day it was yeah. dedicated. How, how'd that happen? <laughs> I don't know. We were so fired up to see it, we forgot to take pictures. It was raining. Yeah, but we'll have pictures and I've got t-shirts for all of you on this call. I just, I wanted to have photos of the facility. I don't have them yet. So when I do, you'll all, uh, you'll all share in Davey's memory. That was supposed to be a funny joke, Bob. Don't take it to heart, man. Well, no, no, but it's like, I can't believe I didn't take damn pictures. Holy no, cow. no. So during all this COVID-19 stuff that's going around, uh, I have had the benefit and the, the opportunity to, uh, talk to 
lots of people and the common thread is Dave. I mean, you know, I don't think anybody would ever agree to be on my podcast if I didn't mention uh, uh, Nelly. And, and one that I um, really enjoyed was John Wathan, who managed and played for the Kansas City Royals. But he also, when my family owned the AAA team in Omaha, he was our manager for eight, maybe, you know, 80% of the season. And then he got called up. And I said, hey, man, you know, what do you remember about about Dave in the early years, not the golf years. And he said, well, you know, I was pretty young and Dave was pretty old. He was there to kind of usher out Cookie Rojas and bring Frank White up to speed in Major League Baseball. He said, but damn, every game, the guy had a lot of women waiting for him at the end. Of the <laughs> <laughs> and, oh, boy. And, you know, yeah. and Are I you said, really going to go there? <laughs> 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 Got to go there. Got to go there. No, uh, and, and Wathan is such a great guy, and his fam- his whole family is in baseball. So uh, from his daughters to his sons, pretty cool. But everybody that, you know, it's so easy because everybody loves Nelly. And uh, it's fun to talk about him. And reflecting back on these two years that have just gone so fast, um, you know, and we'd be remiss without um, saying uh, – uh, a kind word about his son who recently passed away, David, that, um, you know, they, they had a, they, they, they seemed to, uh, you know, at the end come together and, and as with Dave, you wouldn't expect anything less. So, um, we miss him and, and, uh, passed away at the age of 38 through natural causes and, uh, just a sad day. And I can only imagine what Dave would be going through if he was still alive and that had happened. Yeah. Can I tell the funny story about his son though at the golf tournament, Jamie? You can, if I can tell the funny story about the ashes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I'm going to get another beer. (laughs) Good idea, Craig. Get a spotted cow, dude. So anyways, well, last year we had the golf tournament to replace the Milwaukee one with Randall McDaniel. And so David Jr. came, which is awesome. And he spent some money at the auction, which was great. And he he really wanted to honor his dad by going to the tournament. Well, I think he had too much to drink and took an Uber home. And he left his car at at the club for three months. (laughs) So I get a call from the club. Like, you know, this tournament was in July. I get a call around October 1st. Uh, we we don't know whose car this is, but it's been there since the golf tournament. Of course, I called Jamie and I go, could that have been David Jr.? I was like, yeah. So he got three months worth of free parking at Deer Run Golf Course. <laughs> 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 oh, <my God. laughs> so Bob calls me. And could that be, uh, you know, David's car? Well, you know, it's just a mir- miracle that it was. And so I, you know, I figure first I called David's cousin, uh, Brian, who came to the, um, who was, was around quite a bit at the uh, last golf tournament up at Whistling Straits that, that we've been talking about. And I said, Brian, have you talked to uh, David lately? He goes, no. And I said, well, I need to get a hold of him. And so first ring, David <laughs> picks up the phone. I go, David. Uh, are you missing your car? He goes, Oh, Jamie, I know the police are calling me. And, and <laughs> I got, I got a little bit too much uh, alcohol and I took an Uber home. I said, well, that was three months ago. <laughs> he goes, well, I took the company truck 
to the to work in a, in uh, Wisconsin, and I never really needed my car again. <laughs> so, uh, whatever. I mean, the one thing consistent between awesome. the Nelsons was you never always got the full story. <laughs> there was always a little bit left out. So, <laughs> finishing that story, I I I had. Uh, the occasion to talk to David's mother yesterday and just see how she was doing and how the Brewers thing was going, if they had any connection left. And, uh, and I, I said, she goes, well, I've been trying to get a hold of Randall McDaniel. And I go, well, why? And she goes, well, I just wanted to thank him for taking over the golf tournament. They, young David was so impressed with him and, and how friendly he was that, that I just wanted to give him a call and thank him. And I said, well, funny you mentioned that. Uh, you heard that David left his car at the, at the uh, golf course for three months. And now remember, he was supposedly living with her. She goes, no, I never heard that. <laughs> oh, my God, what communication do we have? But anyway. Yeah. Well, you got to tell, you gotta tell the, uh, the Ashes story, Jamie. That... All right. I think this is the group to tell it to. Obviously. Yes, for sure. Yeah, yeah I know you teach it. Yeah. So during the last few days with Dave, you know, we we're talking about, you know, he went from he wanted a military funeral. He was in the National Guard for a couple of days. <laughs> <laughs> so he goes, hey, can I get buried in Arlington? And I go, uh, you know, do you have your DD-214? Well, what's that? I go, dude, you need your discharge papers. And then, you know, they'll, you can have a military funeral, but it'll probably be in, uh, you know, Moline, Illinois or something, wherever there's, it's not going to be Arlington. He goes, oh, I said, but you know, what do you want to do? He says, well, you know, really, I think if, if you could just uh, uh, take my remains and mother deer's remains to uh, open arms, that's what I'd like you to do. And I'm going, you know, this sounds a lot like bucket list. I'm not client. I'm not going to, I said, I'll, I'll do it. And so of course, mother deer, his wife's, you know, we, Kay and I found mother deer in a couple of different places. That's a whole different story. Oh boy. So there were like four boxes for the four boys, uh, Dave's brothers. And one of the brothers didn't behave well at the funeral. So he lost his mother deer box. And, <laughs> <laughs> the monk took his box, Brother Dominic, and uh, um, so that left unbeknownst to me, too. So Kay found one, and about halfway through cleaning out his house, the estate lawyer had been over there because, you know, anything I was going to throw away, he'd take and either auction off or whatever. He gets about... 20 minutes away from the house and he calls me and he goes, you know, I got this duffel bag. Who's Ida May? And they go, what do you mean? Who's Ida May? He says, I got a box that says Ida May Williams. I go, bring it back. That's Dave's mom. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's a little funeral humor, I guess. But anyway, uh, so I called Bob and I go, Hey buddy, you know, this is what Dave wanted. And Bob was, Oh, no problem. I, you know, we do this all the time. I go, yeah, right. So, <laughs> like a day before, a day before we're supposed to go to South Africa, all of a sudden it dawns on me that the urn that this spectacular funeral home in, in Milwaukee put Nellie into looked like a mini atomic bomb. And there's no way 
I'm going to get this thing through security. I don't care. You know, they'd be a week trying to figure out what was in there. So it I weighed called, like 50 pounds. It did. So I, I called a funeral home, and of course, I went to the bullpen and called Craig. And I said, I need, I need some help. Meet me at the funeral home, which Craig did. And we walk in there, and these guys, you know, couldn't have been nicer. And they put it in a, a new container. They said, this, this will be won't be a problem, and gave me some more paperwork that they said I'd need. Craig and I went to lunch, had a, had a nice lunch, came back, got Nellie. Nellie has to go to uh, South Africa. So I get to O'Hare, and about an hour later, they finally understood what was in this box. We get through there. They go, how come you have two boxes? I go, well, it's two people. <laughs> <laughs> so fast forward, I can make any long, the short story long. We get down, and we're dedicating the building to Nellie, and it's getting dark, and it's raining, and, and and uh, Bob's saying, you know, I think it should just be us and, and our wives that go back to the prayer grotto where Nellie, you know, loved to be. And and I think we should, you know, have a glass of wine and, and spread his ashes. And then Bob goes, I've never done this before. And I go, what? <laughs> I thought you were the guy. <laughs> so we go back. Of course, there's no wine because it's late. And, and Bob, Bob hooks up a... Uh, Two shots of vodka, and we go out to the uh, to the uh, grotto. Now it's still raining out, and I, the wind was blowing pretty good. And so I opened Dave up, and I hadn't opened it up. There, there's a plastic bag in there with you know, and with all due respect to the human remains, this is probably not funny to some people. But Nellie went down fine. No problem. We spread them. It was beautiful. We all had a, you know, a moment to reflect and it went smoothly. Hallelujah. Now, Mother Deer had been in the box a long time. <laughs> Wasn't quite as easy to get out. So I'm looking at Bob and for some help and Bob's kind of looking at me. And I've got these like boat shoes on that were kind of had some sort of fabricy material. And I start trying to get mother deer out. It's windy, it's raining, and it's not happening very easily. And before I know it, I have mother deer. Some on the ground, some on my shoes. Some. So I, of course I go to Mr. Solis, I go, Bob, look, man, you know, it's kind of a solemn event. Went went good at the beginning, not so good. Why don't we just keep this to ourselves, all right? I was, oh yeah, Jamie, of course. This will never go anywhere besides the four of us. Oh, yeah, that's nice. Get to breakfast the next day. At least 10 people, hey, I hear you didn't get mother deer out of the box that well. I go, oh my God, thanks, Bob. What do you have to say, Bob? Um, Jamie way undertells this story. So he is trying to spread mother deer. And most of it, I'd say 80% of mother deer is going on his shoes, not on the ground. So this is I a am, family show, Bob, by the I, way. <laughs> Thanks, Craig. I am watching this and I start crying. I'm laughing so hard because Jamie doesn't realize he's just trying to spread it. God bless him. But the ashes have put, there's about two pounds of ashes on each shoe. <laughs> 
And so he comes out of the out of the little grass area, and I am crying. I'm laughing so hard, but it's a burial, so you're not supposed to laugh. And uh, and then we all just started cracking up, and we were crying. We were laughing so hard. It was a perfect Nelly moment. I mean, couldn't go. You couldn't go right. You got to have some mother deer on the shoes if you're going to end it upright. So it was really pretty well, comical. And, and I'd also like to add that he didn't really tell the uh, the story of coming back to the funeral home in Wauwatosa very well either okay. when he was trying to get Davy's ashes transferred because he made it seem to me like this is like an everyday thing. <clears throat> and we arrive at the parking lot at this at the funeral home, and he we say hello, and he opens up the back door, and, and he's got this big cardboard box. <laughs> he's like. I can barely get this thing out of the back seat. And he goes, feel how heavy this thing weighs. I'm like, it was like 50 pounds. I'm like, what's going on, you know? And he's like, well, you know, Davey wasn't in the greatest shape of his life. <laughs> 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 <So>. <laughs> oh. now, now, the other thing is, so we, so we between the two of us, got, got this box and, and the ashes in and came into the receptionist area and i guarantee you the woman at the receptionist area was like the mother wife grandmother of whosoever funeral home this was because jamie scared the snot out of her when he said she goes can i help you well i've got my friend here that i need to get transferred so i can get him to south africa and she looked at me like she wanted to get transferred so he gets he gets the funeral director to come down he's like you know yeah we can do this transfer and stuff and you guys go have lunch so we went and had lunch came back and you know jamie's all happy this is all going to work out and he goes uh he goes i know there's probably going to be a little fee here and he's like well you know there might be you know a little fee and where'd you guys end up going out to lunch anyway this funeral director says he goes Oh, me and my buddy went to a little French place for lunch. <laughs> and the funeral director goes, oh, you did? There's no charge. Just take the box and leave. So, <laughs> really? yeah, oh, we had God. fun. Nice. You know, as Bob said, and Craig could echo, you know Nellie was laughing at the ash oh. story. Let <laughs> laugh at the ashes. You can he loved it. it. He loved it. That would have been his deal. Yeah, it, it was like, not similar to you, but things always happened that uh, – that he would end up having a pretty good chuckle out, uh, locking keys in the trunk at spring training, stuff like that that would bring Nelly to uh, to uh, to tears. But uh, the 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 not to have too many ash stories, but <laughs> I get you know I've never been in that position. And the funeral director take this is take one, uh, you know, probably two years ago today when I picked up the ashes, and uh, I go, man, you know. I didn't realize how heavy. Is this the urn? Did we buy too fancy an urn or what? And he goes, no, but Mr. Nelson was a professional baseball player and generally they're heavier than the average person. <laughs> uh, it. I mean, really? I, I, I don't think I bought that one anymore than, <laughs> no, no. than the next one. But yeah, how many, how many minutes can we talk about, uh, you know? Well. No. Davey, uh, uh, Jamie, stay out of the funeral business for sure. Uh, I will. Not, I, know, not gonna, out for it. I know Craig's going to bail me out now with another story of Dave. And if he well, uh, 
Yeah. So when, when you guys were kind of talking about, you know, crazy things and, and Jamie, you and I have had on, on your podcast enough of our crazy stories. I, I actually just remembered maybe one of the crazier ones and, and Pam's here to witness this. One, one of the, one of the uh, things that Davey and I got to do when we were hosting our shows uh, one year, uh, Eagle River, Wisconsin's tourism department uh, decided to sponsor, start sponsoring. They did for a few years, but uh, the initial year they invited uh, Davey and I up and, and my family. So the, the five of us ended up going up to Eagle River. And uh, one of the nights that we were up there, we had a lot to drink before we went out to dinner. And you talked about the rum and coke stories, um, and that's what we had. And and then, so you're up in Eagle River, and we decided to go to a supper club up there. So I've got my two little boys, my wife and I, and David, we piled in to my rig, and, and we were trying to map out how to get there because it was through a forest. And half of the roads, I think, were dirt roads or narrow roads. And we figured out that when we left the little resort we were staying in we basically had to do like right left right left right and then we were there and we just had to remember at the end of the night when we left it was left right left right left <laughs> and we're there so we went down there at like five or six o'clock at night when it was still light out and Pam my wife had the idea that maybe for the first time we do karaoke together was that your idea Oh, maybe it was my idea. <laughs> it's all in. So Davey's like, he's got the kids. He's got this big group of people out. They got this campfire. They got this little band going. So we did karaoke. Absolutely murdered it. It was awful. And we had the owners bought us dinner. They bought us all these bottles of wine, shockingly, in Davey fashion. Yeah. And uh, when we left... You know, we were in no position to drive, and it was pitch black. I mean, there's not a street light in northern Wisconsin anywhere, especially in the forest. So we were supposed to go left, and we went right. Right. I don't know how in the world we got home. We went around. <laughs> we ran out of chains of lakes in the dark. It was crazy. But that's, that's one of my favorite Davy stories right there because he was like, yeah, I think you guys should do karaoke if you've never done it before, partner. Yeah. I'll just assemble up the boys and the whole crowd here, and we'll get it going. Um, he goes, I'll get you home, no problem. So. <laughs> that that's that is so funny. Our actually, my wife's uh, summer homes are up in Land Lakes, Wisconsin, which is about twenty miles north of uh, Eagle River. So Dave and Craig telling me that they had this sponsorship golf tournament and the winner gets to go up there and play golf with these two guys and uh so i'm going well i bet that could be memorable for you know there just weren't an awful lot of that i'd ever seen up in the northern part of near the upper peninsula just not a lot of diversity and uh so, <laughs> so Melly's telling me you know they had everything but a parade for you guys i mean it's like treating them like you guys were like royalty so mm -hmm. You know, David told me what that you guys played golf. So I happened to be at the uh, like the week or two after you guys left. I had gone to the Eagle River Golf Club play golf. It's a beautiful golf course, and I walked in, and the the woman that was part owner was at the desk. And I go, uh, 
let me just ask you, do you remember uh, a couple guys coming in here from the Brewers that played golf? And she goes, oh, Davey. I go, yeah, Dave. No. Oh, my goodness gracious. Was he a great, great guy? Yeah, where is old? I mean, really? Come on. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> Unbelievable. He was mayor of Rhinelander. <laughs> yeah. That's another yeah. biggie. That's that's another biggie. But, uh, no, I'll tell you what. The um, I talked to Jason Grimsley yesterday a little bit, and, of course, he has some pretty good – stories about Dave and I'm going, Hey, you know, you'd be on my podcast, but I, I'll, I won't ask you anything controversial. And Jason goes, you can ask me anything you want. I go deal. So I thought, you know, Grimm's uh, was very close to Dave as were, uh, you know, I think everybody that he invited uh, and talked about with Johanna, he was, he was good friends with, it was pretty amazing. Yeah. Uh, name from the past, Jeff Newman. What a great guy and a great friend of Dave. So this has been uh, this has been fun for me, but I'm glad kind of the week's about to come to an end, and that you guys yeah. were able to you know <laughs> this relay. It's been great. I just I have one question for the group. Did you guys ever see Dave Nelson pay for a drink of any kind at any time? Because I never did. No, never. I never did. I knew and, the guy. Brian, Brian's so upset about it, he's left the <laughs> 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 He actually had. He went to go get the invoice. Brian would actually argue at this point that uh, COVID-19 has nothing to do with the restaurants and bars in Milwaukee closing down. It's the fact that Davey hasn't been there to pay any of his bills. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. But, but it's just, uh, I knew him 30 years. I never saw him reach into his wallet because people just traded him to drinks. Is that part of the deal? Oh, it was unbelievable. I've never yes. seen a guy get treated more. And you know what? <clears throat> Who can argue? I mean, no, exactly. the guy was best friend from the word go. And, yeah. um, you know, I, I think it's also interesting, you know, Bob, you were sharing your story about, um, you know, Davey at, at uh, open arms and, and, you know, really meaningful to, to have him there if you're one of the kids there. Yeah. But maybe even more so for the people who work there and, right. and staff. I mean, he... You know, Brian talked earlier about the stuff that he's learned from Davey. And, you know, one of the things I learned from Davey early on was no matter who is at the ballpark, they, they're your equal. Yeah. And, you know, you can brag all you want about all the people you know and all the Hall of Famers that you played with, and he never once did. And yeah. he always went out of his way for everybody else that, uh, quote, unquote, didn't have the name. Yeah. And, um, and always included everybody. If you were if you were within arm's reach, and there was a conversation going on, or somebody new came into it, he'd make sure everybody was introduced. Yeah. And and I want you to meet my friend. I want you to meet someone else's friend that I just met. Yeah. Um, you know, I want you to meet this usher. I want you to meet this uh, concession stand worker, whoever it was. Uh, and that uh, who can appreciate. Yeah. that out of anybody more than than a guy like him and, and take that yeah. as a little tool to teach the rest of the world if you can you i'm gonna ask that. brian i'm gonna ask brian bob's question now that brian's stopped doing business and come back for the fun this is this is kind of a uh you know this is the wrap-up but uh <laughs> maybe the wrap-up was an hour ago uh, <laughs> Bob wanted if you'd ever seen, and you'd have a bird's eye view. Did you ever see Nellie buy a drink for anybody? 
Um, he, he, he bought drinks for every, he indirectly bought it drinks for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was pretty much like indirectly. <laughs> yeah. Indirectly. Cause everybody that would come here that, you know, would come and go to the games. He always had it where they always came back to meet him for dinner and drinks. And he got the people, the tickets to the games and nobody ever paid a cent. He's like, it's all on me tonight. We've got it all taken care of. And like, he'd make sure no one, he'd always say to Mike, make sure they don't get a bill. You know, I can look at it where since, since he's been gone from us for two years now, he's built up a, a quite a reserve in his tab. So he's making sure I'm uh, outspending it this week for him. So really, Davey's buying everyone dinner dinner on wards this week. That is great. Yeah, he was. But it was always, it would be this person's coming. Make sure you give them a bottle of wine. And I'd be like, well, who? I, and a lot of times I'd be like, okay, who's coming? And he'd say, I'm like, it's like, give him a Seaver. I'm like, well, are you sure you don't want to give a Ledson or something else? He's like, nope, it's got to be be the bottle. And it, it was like the day, the day that it was the year the Cubs won the World Series, they clinched, they clinched in Milwaukee and they, the team had a big party here and Joe Madden came in and was talking to Davey and they're they're ordering a bunch of stuff and Davey's like, well, I got to make sure I'm sending him some of my Seaver wine. He's like, let's open five bottles, send it back to him. Tell him Davey. I'm like, well, Dave, I go, I think, uh, I said, I think uh, the Henry family is going to just pick up, they're, they're going to be paying, or is the Rickage? I'm like, the, the Cubs are paying for the bill. It's good, Davey. I go, you don't have to give anything away tonight. He's like, I have to give them some bottles of wine, make sure they know it's for me and enjoy it. And that's just how he was. It wasn't, he didn't care who it was, what it was. He had to make sure that he was giving something to someone. And, it, you know, it, it made him feel so good. But it just became, you knew that that's how he was. He he gave anything to everybody. And, I mean, we had it where he'd tell stories of visitors coming to his house. And, like, they, he'd open all his wine up. He'd go through everything. Yeah. It's, you know, he, he had it where friends that we indirectly know <laughs> and he, he offered them one bottle and they drank him out of wine <laughs> and and he he couldn't say no he'd be he'd get frustrated about things sometimes but he'd never never complain never say anything about it but he was the best indirect buyer of product of all time <laughs> keyword <laughs> that that is that is funny but true so true. <laughs> nobody knows that more than than brian but uh you know i think johanna probably felt a little of that with the uh trying to curb the cost of the golf tournament so there'd be a little bit left for open arms and uh boy oh boy yeah that was uh oh, we, was jo johanna and i was always joke because it would be a random guy that was doing a radio show in it would be like lacrosse and he's like well we got to make sure he gets the golf on the sunday at the at the straights course and we have to make like davy not everyone has to golf that one uh, <laughs> yeah yeah i learned to know real quick with davy and then he listened so that was good so mm -hmm. he eventually listened i would say too when you're talking about the people that he knows like 
last there was turn. I mean, he had Bat Boys that that were Bat Boys from when he played for the Brewers that played in the tournament, and he had someone a, someone from the White Sox, like um, someone from Chicago. Or he was in Michigan, but he lived in Chicago when he played. Did he play for the White Sox or coach coach for the White Sox? Coach for the White Sox. He would go and. Um, for the kids that would catch the balls in the field, one of the players, the golf players that played last year or two years ago was, was somebody that he used to just hit balls to out in the field for the White Sox that lives in Michigan. And he was still friends with them. I mean, he has three kids Crazy. now and it was when he was a kid and the bat boy has two, two kids, grandkids now and is playing, you know, and it was just, uh, just crazy how he can stay that. I mean, he stayed that connected to everyone for life. Like, yeah. It's just amazing uh, to me. Yeah, well, awesome. on his uh, anniversary date the other day, I, I honestly, for the for the two year you know anniversary, I, I put out something big a year ago on social media, and I thought I'll just maybe just kind of let it simmer a little bit, you know, because I don't want to I don't want to always feel like on social media I'm going to play the Davy card, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I'm not kidding you. I woke up Wednesday morning early and already there were a bunch of posts with it's six in the morning that I, I don't even know who these people are that would that were tagging me on it and and i'm like it's unbelievable mm -hmm. I, I don't even know these people yeah. and they're just tagging me because they just want the world to know and remember this guy no matter what it, whether it's his birthday the the year we lost him the day we lost him and and then Jamie sent me a couple of pictures of his very first at bat and you know the fact that he did it left-handed and the rest of all of his hits in the majors were all right-handed because he really wasn't a switch hitter but I think that's one of the coolest things ever and somebody actually got a picture mm. of that wow. it's incredible in 1968 and I'm like Jamie can I share this and you were kind enough to say absolutely and so <clears throat> that was kind of my thing. It's like you wake up at six in the morning on two years after the day that he passed and, and people you don't even know are putting everything out there. It's, it's, yeah. it's honestly, it's almost like a, a holiday for the people that the thousands of us who we all call him our best friend, which is yeah. who can argue with that as being one of the coolest moments of our lives. Yeah. Well, it's funny. Everybody's got, stories that are like the uh, I'll, I'll say an intimate relationship with Nellie in in the um, in the sense that the stories are just incredible and I, Johanna touched on one that that may be the same story but but we talked about it a couple of days ago on a podcast and this was this kid was working his way through law school but he wasn't old enough to sell beer so he was a concessionaire out of at comiskey park and he went out early to get a place in line so that he'd get the peanuts because apparently you can make more money selling peanuts and whatever cracker jack so he gets out there a couple hours and he says well i'm going to kill some time he goes out sits at comiskey park and the only ones out there are two bat boys chasing fungo pop-ups from dave nelson nelly's a coach and he's trying to make sure he can still hit high pop-ups to finish when they used to have infield practice. So he, he misses one and, and, and jams it into the stadium. And, and this concessionaire kid goes and gets the ball and throws it back to Dave. And Nellie goes, hey, 
you play baseball? And uh, the kid goes, yeah. He goes, well, bring your glove tomorrow. He goes, what? He says, yeah, bring your glove tomorrow. So this guy shows up. He'd met Dave for five seconds, brings his glove to Comiskey Park. So the next thing he knows, Nellie's hitting, you know, fly balls to him in the outfield. Then the next thing he knows, Nellie tells him to stay out there for batting practice, and he's standing next to Carl Yastrzemski. And then he goes over to first base, and he's shagging balls for Minnie Minoso. And this guy is Greg Harris, who's been good friends with Dave ever since. So here's a peanut vendor that turns out to be a lifelong friend That's of so funny. Nellie. And there's, you know, like I said, people were showing up with these stories at the end that I'd never heard of, and they had these incredibly uh, strong stories about Nellie. So I'd love them. It's been a, it's been a fun, fun time for me kind of rehashing the, uh, the, the great things that we've all done together that somehow were a small part of uh, life with Nellie. So Johanna and Brian, wherever Brian went to and <laughs> you're Brian and, and Craig, who if you still have enough in you for Sunday, God love you. We'll make it six weeks in a row and maybe, then we'll wait for baseball to really start. And then really? Release. Really? We're going to do this on Sunday again? Mm. Yeah, buddy. Wait, set your okay. alarm. Set your <laughs> <laughs> well, we won't talk about Nellie. And, Bob, thanks. You know, we've all talked enough about how I feel about each and every one of you guys. So thanks for helping out with this podcast and, and remembering Dave and, uh, and just all the good things that uh, continue to go on in his memory. It's pretty spectacular. I, I would like to interrupt you and say uh, you're the one to thank today mm -hmm. because uh, you, you've you always had this uh, burning desire to do something in broadcasting and thank God you were tired. And so you have time to do this. <laughs> you know, because who else can, who else can have a beer and, yeah. And get a group of people together and then actually air it without the FCC, you know, getting in the way. It could only be a retired lawyer. So <laughs> God bless you for being Davey's best friend, his true best friend. And, mm -hmm. and, and I'll tell you what, I guarantee you, we'll all get together with you again and, and we'll toast and talk and, and we'd all love it, man. But uh, thanks, Jamie. And uh, I see Brian's back. You can rest assured, Brian. That I'll bring the wine when we get together and toast again. <laughs> and luckily, I don't like oysters, so we'll be good. Yeah. <laughs> hey, guys. Thank you very much. Stay on the line. Thank you, Jamie. Thank you.